Good morning, everyone. Welcome to uh, Greater Alton's online version of our Sunday morning lesson. Uh, I guess this is week number four. Is that correct? Three. three. I'm sorry. Week number three of doing this. And uh, obviously, this is motivated by the uh, shelter in place order by our governor and uh, the COVID-19 virus that has uh, swept the world. Uh, don't know how long it's going to go on, but we will continue this. Uh, and continue trying to reach out to everyone as best we can. Um, when the COVID-19 thing hit, I guess it really started to get serious for, for the church when uh, Massey County was one of four counties that said, hey, no gatherings of more than 50 people. And I think that was about three weeks ago. And when I first heard about it, I was talking on the phone with Tim and Alan and I told them, I said, guys, I don't think this is a persecution. I want to feel that way, but I don't believe what it is. I think what it is is merely an interruption or a disruption of our tradition. And I really still believe, guys, that that's what's going on here. This It is, it is challenging us to express our connection as the body of Christ in ways that, different than what we're traditionally used to. I mean, obviously, we're used to getting together on Sunday mornings. And that is a, a tradition in a lot of ways. We're not commanded to get together on Sunday mornings. Uh, we do it as an exi- as a matter of following the pattern that the early church set of gathering on the first day of the week. But the command is simply to be together and to be the body of Christ. And when I look at this situation, I've just got to start out today saying that I saw this as an opportunity for the church. Okay? And what I mean by that is it's an opportunity to be the church instead of merely to go to church. The more times than not, uh, we simply go through the motions and we go through the routine and we check off the box so we can feel good about our faith and feel good about our our Christianity that we've went to church. Um, But it's time for the church to be the church. And guys, two things uh, come to mind with that. This video series that that Tim came up with on going viral is designed to point us at what the spirit is guiding us to be. And there's much more to what the spirit is guiding us to be than just these fruits of the spirit uh, that we read about in Galatians chapter five, which is where this lesson came from. I think specifically of John chapter 16 and verse 13 where Jesus told the, told the apostles and the early believers that the Spirit would guide them into all truth. And guys, I believe again that that's the opportunity of what's going on here. There's two passages that really come to mind with regards to this. One is in 1 Corinthians 14 and the other is in Ephesians chapter 4. And when you look at those two passages, you don't see what we traditionally do on Sunday morning. You see something, you get a picture of the, every member of the church having a role in what goes on in our gatherings, having a, have, having a, a different purpose. And more often than not, on Sunday mornings, we're particip- we're not, we're merely spectators and not actual participants. And so guys, I believe that this is what's going on. So as we look at these fruits of the spirit and saying, okay, let's go viral, let's let the spirit of God go viral in us during this time. Or let's use this virus as a as a as an inspiration or a challenge to let the spirit go viral and not just to respond to this the way the world has. Okay, 
The Bible tells us specifically in 1 Corinthians 15 that we do not mourn like the rest of the world does. Okay? And I believe that we should not live the way the rest of the world does. We should not respond to things like this the way the rest of the world does. I mean, in all reality, guys, we're going to be talking this morning about finding joy in this crisis. How much joy are you, do you see out there? I mean, there's some spots of it, there's no doubt. But the majority of what I see and what I hear is a lot of complaining about what's going on. A lot of criticism of how the government has handled the situation. And that tends to be the focus even among believers that I talk to. Even with myself. That that's the challenge that we have. Are we going to keep being like the rest of the world? Are we going to let the spirit have its way in our life? And that's what we want to talk about today. We just want to talk about how we find, find joy during this crisis. And before we get into it, I just want to say that joy is, is to me, is somewhat of an elusive thing. All right? The Bible clearly says that there are times or seasons for different things. You know, at one, you know, there's a time to grieve. There's a time to mourn. Well, should I be joyful at that time? Does, if, does my grieving negate my, my joy? I don't believe it does. All right? But it depends on how we want to respond to this. Um, and if we understand what real joy looks like. And so we're going to start out reading two passages. The first one's in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 20. And uh, then we'll read Philippians chapter 4. But in Galatians chapter 5, this is what it says. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Then jumping to verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. And those are the first two fruits of the Spirit. Tim talked about love last week. We want to talk about joy this week. The next passage we want to look at is in Philippians chapter 4. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, I don't know about you, but that passage is difficult for me without a crisis. Okay? It is challenging to be full of joy and to rejoice just dealing with everyday life a lot of times. Now, I must confess, full disclosure, that's from a man who has struggled in the past with depression and is still tempted with that at times when things don't go the way I want. And so joy is, is a challenge. But joy, the word that's translated joy just simply means rejoicing, happiness. Uh, it can even mean uh, bliss. You know, that there's this, dare I say, a state of nirvana, you know, where everything's great. And uh, specifically that's applied in uh, Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus tells the story of the master and the servants and the faithful servants. At the end of that story, the, the master invites them to come share in the master's happiness, master's joy. And it, it, it's, it's pictured there as a continuing state of bliss. Where, and it just goes on and on and on. I don't know about you, but that don't describe my life. All right. And I don't believe I'm supposed to have that experience that now. I believe that's for when the master comes back. But I am supposed to have elements of joy. I'm supposed to have times of joy. I'm supposed to be able to experience that in spite of what's going on. So what we want to talk about, I'm just going to talk about two things this morning about how I can find how I can be joyful in a crisis. And the first thing I want to talk about is that I'm joyful when I focus on my faith. Okay, uh, two passages again we want to read. First one is in Hebrews chapter 12, 
And this is what it says. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race set that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame <coughs> and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Guys, Hebrew 12, well, the whole book of Hebrews is written to Jewish Christians who are going through a persecution. They were going through difficult times. And here in verse 12, chapter 12, he's beginning to summarize what he said the rest of the book. And what he's telling that these Christians who are dealing with difficult times to do, the first thing to do is to focus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You see, guys, too many times we want to face joy or happiness, kind of like a you know, positive mental attitude. You know, we just want to choose to do it, choose to say it, and we can come up with all kinds of cliches. My dad used to say all the time, you'd ask him how he's doing, he'd say, great, but things are going to get better. And then he'd say, oh, every day's a good day. Some days are just better than others. And a lot of times that just comes across real fake and real phony. I say, guys, guys, real joy is based on our faith. And the faith that we have professed gives us reason to be, to, to be joyful. Guys, and I think that a lot of times when we are not joyful, when we are discouraged, when we are depressed, we're not viewing what's going on around us through our faith. Okay, and I'll get to what we are viewing in a little bit, but we are, we're not doing it. And guys, when you look at our faith, when you proclaimed faith in Jesus, you were not merely saying, I believe that you died for my sins and when I'm, and now, I'm going to die and go to heaven. There's so much more to your faith than that. So much more. Okay. And I mean, the, the, the traditional view of being saved and dying and going to heaven is so vague. And the Bible gives, well, the Bible doesn't tell us all the specifics, but it gives us enough of them to truly get excited about and to truly be joyful about. It goes so far as to tell us that we should not fear death. We should not fear death. Tell me that's not going on in a lot of places right now. With a lot of people with this virus going on. That they, they are fearful of death. As a believer of Jesus, you are saying, my faith tells me that I do not have to fear death. Why? Well, number one, there's this little bitty thing called the resurrection. We're going to all be brought back to life. We're going to all get new bodies. And those who are faithful servants of the king will get to live forever in a world where there is no disease and there is no sickness and there is no death. And guys, I find that incredibly exciting to think about. And, and, and when I look at what's going on right now, I have to remember what my faith teaches me. You know, that, that, that there, there it is. Um, And so, guys, I just want to challenge you. Are you, are you. When you look at this crisis, you look at what's going on, are you viewing it through your faith? 
Another passage that we can look at is in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Very popular passage. All right? And it's very applicable to today. Just a real quick shout out. This is Nona Quick's favorite passage of the Bible. And she used to, whenever I'd speak on Sunday mornings and I'd use this passage, she'd have to come up to tell and tell me that that's her favorite passage. So let's read Nona's favorite passage, shall we? It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Guys, if there was ever a verse that applies to this situation right here, I believe this is it. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. I believe what we are going through right now as a nation and as a world is can accurately be described as a trial of many kinds. And it's, it's telling us here that the king wants us to face it with joy and to consider it an opportunity for our faith to grow. And so guys, as we're focusing in on our faith, this is an opportunity. And guys, when we view it as an opportunity, it takes on a whole new meaning. And I believe it's much easier to be joyful when we see it as such an opportunity. Um, I said earlier in my introduction that I believe this is an opportunity for the, for the church and specifically the greater Alton church. Okay. It's our opportunity to be the church instead of merely go to church. And we keep trying to reproduce Sunday mornings. This here is an effort and I don't, I'm, I'm not paying it's bad or it's wrong, but we're imitating what we do on Sunday morning. One person's giving a lesson and everybody else is listening. All right. And we, uh, we, we made an effort. We had a plan in place for Easter. I don't know how many of you heard about this or not, but we, we checked it all out. Uh, we were here last Sunday, uh, Steve Brown and Alan and myself, and we were, uh, we plugged in the PA system to an FM transmitter. I'm sorry. They did all that. I was just here for encouragement. And, uh, then we drove around the parking lot and discovered that our PA system could be broadcast and you could hear it on your car radio. So what we had planned was on on Easter Sunday, we were going to have a drive-in service. We we're going to have everybody park in the back lot. Uh, the worship team was going to be on the grass, spread far apart. And uh, Tim was going to be back there giving a lesson. And we could all tune into our radios and, and we could maintain the social distancing. We'd be in our vehicles and uh, keep apart. And But we'd have a sense of togetherness um, and, a, and a sense of, of still being a, a body. And uh, we did what we thought was the wise thing to do, the prudent thing. And we called the Madison County Board of Health and said, okay, is this acceptable? And at first discussion, they said, yeah, we think it is. We do ask that nobody carpool, you know, nobody in your car that you don't live with. We also require, require that you keep your windows up in your cars. Okay, that's simple enough. You don't give out communion. We are going to ask people to bring their own communion. And we were going to... Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, ask people to, you know, not to give their contribution, though we would have access if some people insisted on giving us their money, we were going to take it. Um, we had this all in place after talking to them, but she just, uh, whoever Alan talked to at the Department of Health said she wanted to check into something else 
and they came back yesterday, but basically just said, no, we don't want you to do that. Even though you, this would be honoring everything we're teaching about social distancing and you're respecting it, we're saying no. And guys, the temptation is to be very discouraged by that. I know Alan in particular struggled, was tempted with that. Guys, I believe God is just telling you, I want you to be the church. I want you to stop just going to church. And so guys, over the coming, the coming weeks, be excited about the opportunity that you have to fulfill your purpose in God's body by reaching out, connecting, encouraging, teaching if you can, if you're, if that's part of your gift, um, whatever the case may be, I believe God is calling us to be the church and to, to connect outside of a Sunday morning service. And so guys, I'm choose, I'm having to choose joy to be this way. Um, I'm going to skip the next passage because I think I'm going on short on time. Um, how are we doing? I'm good. Two minutes. Three. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my first time doing this. If you can't tell. Um, Guys, yeah, the second thing I want to talk about is that I'm joyful when I take the focus off of me. Okay? There's no doubt about it that selfishness is not from the Spirit of God. A self-focus is not from the Spirit of God. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. And I believe that's what, again, as a person who has struggled and is still tempted with depression, I can tell you, then when I get the focus on me, joy leaves the room. Joy leaves my life. And I think that's what it is. James, in James chapter 4, this is, what it, this is what it talks about. This is what it says very plainly. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. <clears throat> when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That may, you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Guys, we hate to admit selfishness. We hate to admit if we have a self-focus. But this passage just tells us very clear. When we're focused on ourselves, when we focus on what we want, on what we desire... It causes problems. The biggest problem I've had with this whole thing, the biggest struggle I've had with how the different government agencies have handled it. I can complain about the federal government if I want, and I can complain about our beloved governor in the state of Illinois if I want. And that's my temptation to do those things. And I, I'm just, I'm just being level honest with you guys that steals my focus when I give that attention and that's the center of my focus and the center of my conversations with other people I'm not promoting joy in my life and I'm not listening to the spirit of God I'm doing what I want and so guys if we're going to be joyful in this we're going to have to focus on our faith alright check out our faith and we're going to have to get ourselves out of the way You see, guys, our natural focus is to be on what I want, what we want. 
And let's just be honest on not what the king wants. The passage in Galatians 5 that we're reading the fruits of the Spirit from really starts way back in verse 16 where I started today. And it lays out an internal struggle between our sinful nature, our desires of the flesh, what we want, what comes most natural to us. A struggle between those things and what the Holy Spirit of God wants in our lives. I encourage you to go back and to read that on your own and to see what I'm talking about. Okay? And you see, guys, that struggle there is exactly what I'm talking about today. Do I have faith in what God says or do I merely after what I want and what I think? Guys, it goes on everywhere. I mean, you turn on the radio, which is what I listen to. I don't do much on Facebook. I listen to the radio more, KMOX very specifically. And yesterday I turned it on for just the briefest of times. And there's a guy complaining about people on the street going past each other uh, on a five-foot sidewalk. They very clearly cannot be socially, socially distancing, you know. And he's going on about, and I had to turn the radio off. And what he's doing is he's focused on at least in that moment, something he cannot control. Okay, he's focusing on what he wants, what he desired, but he can't control. And what we're called to focus on is our faith and to listen to the Spirit of God. You see, guys, the Spirit leads us to have, a, have faith. We want to have security based on what we can see and what we know. The Spirit asks us to trust the words of Jesus and the words of the Father, where he tells us, do not worry, where he tells us, do not fear. We want to take control of things. We are told that we are to be imagers of God, representatives of him here on this earth. What we want to do is, is instead just merely invite people to church or invite people to events. Guys, we, are, we have a tremendous opportunity to live by the Spirit of God and to be joyful in the world that we live in right now during this time of crisis. And guys, I'm telling you, that's what represents Jesus. When we have a calmness and a joy about us that the rest of the world has to look at and say, what's wrong with you? Why, or wonder why we can have those type of emotions in this type of crisis. And I believe when we're doing that, we're following the Spirit. We're representing our King in this world the way He wants us to represent Him. Because he, remember, as we said earlier, He's the author and perfecter of our faith who went to the cross because of the joy that was set before Him. So guys, as we, as we close out today, I just want to close out with a challenge. All right? In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. And uh, as, as you're going to this, I just want to encourage you uh, of a couple things. Number one, I want to encourage you as you're in conversations with other people, all right, or you're posting on Facebook, whatever the case may be, whether you, it's, a, it's a friend or a family member or a stranger, I want to encourage you to view things through your faith. Okay, and and to let whoever you're talking to know that. 
I know I'm a good friend that that's what he, he, he tells things when he's in a conversation like this. He'll say, you know, well, I look at things different because I view them through my faith. And sometimes that opens up a door and sometimes it doesn't. Okay. I believe there's a tremendous opportunity for us as servants of Jesus to share our faith during this. If we'll open our eyes and see the opportunity. Um, the other thing I'd like to, the other challenge I'd like to close out with is just to ask you back to what we were focusing on. Okay. Uh, I want to encourage you to check out how much time you're spending with the news and or Facebook versus how much time you're spending reading the word of God and listening to his servants teach about the word of God. Okay. That's going to tell you where your focus is at. And I, I want to challenge you during this time that when you catch yourself doing it, say to ask, Hey, how, how much have I read from God? How much have I even thought about my faith? During this time. And I encourage you to click the TV off. Close out the Facebook page. Pray. Read the word. Call a brother or sister. And, and, and talk about your faith. And change your focus. From, from everything the world's focusing on. And from focusing on yourself. To focusing on your faith. Guys I believe if, you do, if we do this. We will be joyful servants of the King in a dark world. Let's pray and we'll be done. All right. Father, I want to, as we come before you to close out today, I just want to thank you for this opportunity that I believe you've, you've placed before us. I'm not sure how well I really communicated that today, but Father, I trust your spirit to open our eyes. Father, I believe it's an opportunity. I believe it's a time where we can look, if we will look, for your spirit leading us that we will see the opportunities. And Father, we have the opportunity to learn and to grow how to follow your spirit, even in scary times and in scary situations. Father, I, I, I thank you for the, for, the, for the growth that's gonna take place. And I thank you for the people that I believe are gonna come to know you as a result of, of this crisis. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.